Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message. We hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now enjoy today's teaching. So today we're going to wrap up our series on the why and the way of Jesus. And let let me be very honest, we could do this for an entire year where we compare one way of thinking in the world to Jesus' way of thinking, and we could show you over and over and over and over again why biblical thinking, why, why Jesus' way of seeing the world is superior to what the world around us does. Now, I'm not saying that to try and try and make us feel proud, or but, but some things are just better for you than other things. And the truth is what Jesus calls us to is better. We've talked about nihilism, the idea that there is no purpose or meaning in the world. Jesus gives our lives purpose and meaning. That makes our lives better. We talked about pragmatism and making decisions based on just what is popular or what is profitable at the moment and not really thinking about the moral or the ethical or the eternal outcomes of what we're doing in life. And, and I got to tell you, when you make decisions Jesus way, based on what is right, based on grace, based on love, based on these things, when you make decisions Jesus way, it's just better. We talked about consumerism last week. And the fact that if I allow what I have to define me, or if I allow what I have to somehow consume me, if I do that, then all of a sudden I'm just caught up in buying more and more and more and more stuff. And in the end, all I have is more and more and more and more stuff. And y'all listen to me. Your stuff is never going to care for you. It's people that care for you. You've got to learn to be generous and invest in other people along the way. The truth is, God's way is always the best way. Today, we're going to take the last step uh, on this journey, on our look at this, and we're going to talk about entitlement. Now, we live in a world, we live in a world today, in a culture today, where entitlements are, are multiplying at an alarming rate. The number of things that today are considered a right versus a privilege or a right that should be given you by government, by people around you, by whatever, versus something that you should earn. When we get into that conversation in today's culture, we've, we, everybody has to understand, and I believe everybody, if you just stopped and you were honest about it, would admit that we have a culture where entitlements are just alarming at this point. People think they are entitled to all kinds of things. And I'll just look, can I just, I'm going to give you one simple example and I'm going to get in trouble for it. All right. You ready? Here's your day to cancel Pastor Mike because I'm going to give you a reason to do it. Uh, We all think we're entitled to an opinion that is just as important and just as respected as anybody else's opinion. Y'all, not all opinions are equal. I'm sorry. They're just not. I can have an, look, I can give you my opinion right now on nuclear power. I can give you my opinion on nuclear power right now. You know the problem? 
I know nothing about how nuclear power is produced. I know nothing about how nuclear waste is disposed of. I know nothing about the, the, the whole process. I have no idea about how it was made. I have no idea about the dangers. I don't know anything about it. I can give you an opinion on it. I could give you an opinion right now on how to drive a NASCAR sports car, a race car in a NASCAR circuit. You know the problem? I have no idea how to do that. I've never done it. I have no idea. I can give you an opinion. So should my opinion on how to drive a race car on the NASCAR circuit, should my opinion be just as respected as, I don't know, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s opinion? I don't think so. I don't think so. Should my opinion on how you should play football be just as respected as 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 uh, as the coach of a, of an NFL team? I don't think so. Why? Because I've never played. Y'all, opinions are not the same, and yet somehow we think every opinion has to be given the same value. We we somehow think I'm entitled to you for you to respect my opinion as much as anyone. No, no, you're not entitled to that. You're entitled for me to respect your opinion because you're a human being. But there are other people who are actually educated in the field you're talking about whose opinion I'm going to respect more because they've actually studied it or they've actually done it or they've actually taken part in it. The, the, tr the truth is entitlements are just overwhelmingly taking over our culture right now. And I got to tell you, the idea of being entitled to something, everybody stay with me, is just not a biblical idea. The truth is, what do we deserve? Biblically speaking, we're all sinners. We're all broken. They're only they're broken. There are only two kinds of people in the world, sinners and sinners saved by grace. So what am I entitled to if I'm a sinner that's not saved by grace? Well, I'm entitled to punishment and I'm entitled, I'm entitled, y'all brace yourself, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm entitled to hell. But Jesus came and died on a cross and gave me, watch, what I wasn't entitled to. If I insist on entitlements, watch, if I insist on entitlements, I miss grace. I miss mercy. We need to understand Jesus' way is better. In order to illustrate this, and I'm going to be able to get a few different angles on this, I want to take you to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're in a story that it feels like is only going to be talking about one form of entitlement. Instead, I want to break it out, and I want to show you where there's more than one here. Uh, Mark chapter 10, I'm going to start with verse 17. This is the story of the rich young ruler, okay? So he comes to Jesus. So watch, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, pause. Let's remember that Jesus has been teaching for a while now. By the time you get to Mark chapter 10, his ministry is, he's toward the latter part of his ministry at this point. And, and, and so Jesus has become, everybody stay with me. Jesus has become a localized celebrity, if you will. He's well-known. Everybody wants to be around him. Everybody wants to know what's going on with Jesus because thousands of people are following him. And it's, I've heard that thousands of people got fed by him at an event. And I've heard, I've heard that he heals people. And I've heard he's become a localized celebrity. So watch this verse with that thought in mind. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This guy wants desperately to be close to Jesus. He wants Jesus to give this answer. He Y'all, y'all. This guy has great passion for wanting to follow Jesus without knowing anything about what following Jesus is going to cost him. Number one, passion 
does not equal worthiness. And look, here's what, here's what entitlement really is. Entitlement says, I deserve this. I am worthy of this. You owe me this. And some people think they are owed our attention. They're owed our support because, they're, they're, they're because of the level of passion they have over a given situation. You, look, you can be as passionate as you want to about a situation, and it doesn't change the reality of the situation. I've lived in the D.C. area for 25 years, for more than 25 years now. Every year I hear somebody who is a Washington football team fan tell me that and passionately tell me that the this is our year. This is our year. 25 years and it ain't been our year yet. They're passionate about it, but their team's not good enough to earn it. You got to understand, you don't get entitled something. You're not worthy of just something just because you're passionate about something. And I want you to hear me. Our society desperately needs to learn this point. Just because someone shows great passion for something doesn't mean they're worthy of the thing that they have passion about. This young man has a great passion about running up to Jesus, falling down on his knees before Jesus, asking for the right thing. He has great passion, but he knows nothing of the thing he's asking for. And he looks at Jesus with passion, but that passion does not equal worthiness. It does not make me entitled. Let's keep going. Jesus answers him, and and I got to tell you, this is the cattiest answer Jesus gives to anybody that comes up and asks him something like this. This, I've, I've, I've always read this, and I'm like, what in the world? But here's the thing. Everybody listen to me. Jesus looks inside the human. He looks inside the heart, and he knows what you're actually doing. So Jesus looks at him and says, why do you call me good? He answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Now watch this. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. The it's interesting the, the, the commands that Jesus chooses here. All the commands that Jesus chooses are others-focused. They're about people. Jesus didn't say, have no other gods before me. Jesus didn't say, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Jesus didn't talk about the spiritual ones. He talked about those commands that are dealing with other people. His answer is, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Now watch, passion does not equal worthiness, neither does self-confidence. Just because you're self-confident that you deserve something doesn't mean you're actually entitled to it. Just because you're self-confident that you deserve something doesn't mean you're worthy of it. This young man is convinced he's done all these things. He's not done all these things. We know that. We're going to find out in just a minute. In just a minute, He doesn't have the generosity and compassion and mercy for people that would even allow him to have followed all these rules. And yet he claims he's kept all of them since he was a boy. Now, let me be honest. I'm not, sure this guy's, I'm not sure this guy's lying. I think he's delusional. I think he actually believes he's done all this. But Jesus is about to show him that he's wrong. So passion doesn't equal worthiness. Self-confidence doesn't equal worthiness. And then Jesus says to him, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Very interesting. Very interesting. Jesus loves you even, y'all stay with me. Jesus loves you even when you are wrong. That's so important for us to understand. This, this kid, this, this man is wrong. And yet Jesus loved him. He looked at him and loved him. He says, one thing you lack. 
And Jesus just goes right to the point. He said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Wealth does not equal worthiness. And in fact, his response here proves the last two were not real. The young men may have thought they were real, but they're not. He doesn't actually have a passion for God. How do you know that, Pastor Mike? Because Jesus says, get rid of all your stuff and then come follow me. And he says, no, I can't do that. I got to keep my stuff. I can't quit and come follow you, Jesus. He's not passionate about following Jesus the way he thought he was. We also know that, that he has not been someone who has not stolen or, or, has not, or who has not given false testimony to fraud. He's not someone that has cared for everybody around him. You know how we know that? Because he's not willing to give up what he has and give it to the poor. If he's not willing to be generous, then at some point he's broken at least one of these commandments that were up there before. That, that Jesus mentioned. The truth is, Jesus goes immediately to the issue and says, you know what? In reality, what you've come to me and you've said is you believe that somehow your wealth and your standing makes you someone that I will want on my team and around me. And Jesus says, no, I want people that are committed to the gospel and committed to me. And therefore, go let go of everything else you have so that you can focus on following God and following what I'm doing here. And the young man says, no, I can't do that. And he won't do it. It doesn't equal worthiness. Now watch. Passion doesn't equal worthiness. Self-confidence doesn't equal worthiness. Wealth doesn't equal worthiness. Go on down to verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Watch this. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Here's the deal. None of those other things make you worthy. But Jesus takes the unworthy and makes them worthy. I may be unworthy to, I, I, I am, everybody say with, I am not entitled to forgiveness from Jesus, but he chooses to give it anyway. Isn't that even better? Isn't it even better that even though I don't have some kind of right to it, it's not some kind of human right or some kind of or something I've earned or something I'm entitled to, it's just a gift. It's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing that Jesus owes me. It's just a gift. He takes the unworthy and makes them worthy through grace, through kindness, through forgiveness, through his sacrifice for us. You see. Here's the thing. Entitlement is entirely the wrong conversation. Entitlement, if I spend my life thinking about what I deserve, I'm either going to be a jerk because I'm always demanding from other people what I think I deserve, or I'm going to be depressed because I realize I don't deserve anything. I don't have to live in either place. I can live in the grace and the mercy of a God who takes the one that is unworthy and makes him worthy 
by His sacrifice and by His love and by His kindness and by His grace. That's what we need to lean into. Don't lean into what you're entitled to. Lean into the grace that'll give you what you don't even deserve, the forgiveness of God. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to us or that you would show us areas where perhaps we have, we have believed we're entitled to something or we're owed something. Lord, don't let us live in that thinking. It, it's haughty. It's prideful. Instead, Lord, let us live in a place where we realize we're owed nothing, but by your love and your grace and your sacrifice for us, we are given everything. You are so good to us. Dear God, make us like you, and we'll give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, that was great. So how does Christianity encourage personal responsibility opposed to what entitlement typically? Oh, my goodness. I, I think, look, I, I know it sounds harsh when I say it, but Christianity clearly teaches us that what we deserve is hell. Christianity does. I mean, I know that's offensive, but right. there's an offense to the gospel. Mm -hmm. We are sinners, and if we do not find forgiveness, then we, we deserve whatever punishment God has prepared for us mm -hmm. in hell, right? And so what we then are given is grace, but we're mm -hmm. given grace by his sacrifice and by his love. That puts us in a different mindset. Yeah. The idea that I don't deserve anything, the idea that I don't, um, I'm not entitled to anything will change the way you think. And look, in life, in day-to-day -day life, if I think I'm entitled to a job, mm -hmm. I work less. I don't work as hard at it. Right. You know, if I think I'm entitled to a house, I don't work as hard to take care of it. Mm -hmm. I, I said a few weeks ago I had the privilege in the 90s of going to Russia, right? Yeah. So I got there, and I'm walking around, and I asked our missionary that I was walking with, I said, what is wrong with that building that it's not being used? Because the buildings were just in horrible shape and this mm -hmm. building was there was rust coming down the sides it was a, and he turned and looked at me with this funny look and he said that building's brand new <laughs> because they believed they deserved it they were entitled to it nobody took care of anything entitlement wow. destroys wow and and we if you believe you don't deserve a house mm -hmm. but you get a house You'll take care of that bad boy because you just got a blessing. Mm -hmm. If you get what they owe you, you're not as worried about taking care of it because they owe you. So if this one breaks, they owe you another one. So there's another con. That's all about gratitude too, mm -hmm. right? It is. So we're we're told to be thankful, um, and it's obvious that you will have a thankful heart if you've truly received the grace of God. If that's a reality for you, mm -hmm. then how can you not be right? right? But what about servant leadership? You know, how does servant leadership stand in contrast to the attitudes of, in, of entitlement? Oh, if, if, you, if you are going, entitlement almost makes servant leadership impossible. Mm -hmm. Entitlement, if you really think about it, entitlement is very, it's kind of a self-centered narcissism. This is, I deserve this, mm -hmm. I deserve that. I deserve, and it's really a self-centered, narcissistic, self-serving type of position to mm -hmm. take. Um, and, 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 you know, if you take that position and you, you have that self-serving narcissism going on, you can't be a good servant. 
you, you, there, there's no way for you to even have a concept mm-hmm. of how to be a good servant. I've known people that fall in this category that can literally be staring at an issue that is screaming for their attention and their help, and they don't see it. Mm. They'll see right through it or right past it. And I'm just looking at them going, how, how do you not see that? Mm. You know, but they don't. They truly don't. And therefore, I'm not being judgmental toward them because they honestly don't see it. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've hired people that didn't believe they, they, they deserve the job I've hired them for and I've hired people that believe they, they were entitled to the job. Mm. And I got to tell you, I'll take the dude that doesn't feel like he deserves it every day a hundred mm-hmm. times right. because the guy that feels like he's entitled to it, that's, that's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a nightmare yeah. when you get there. Yeah. So a lot of people struggle with this. What kind of advice would you give them or what, what could you point them to in Scripture to help with this? Well, the, the thing I would point them to in Scripture is the life of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Jesus was entitled. Mm. He, was the, he was the creator, the ruler of the universe. Mm-hmm. He is God. Yeah. And so he was entitled. But rather than act entitled, he, did say, he said the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. Mm -hmm. Instead of being entitled, he did not come to destroy the world, but came to redeem the world Mm. through his own sacrifice. So the one who was entitled to everything demanded nothing. Mm. And the one who was entitled for everyone to bow down to them instead instead allowed the created creatures to kill him on a cross and put him in a grave wild that mm-hmm. that is the juxtaposition here mm-hmm. and 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 honestly again the world would be a better place if more people would take the approach of jesus mm-hmm. and fewer people would take the approach of well i i'm owed this i'm a look can i be transparent for a mm-hmm. moment some of the worst decisions i have ever made in my life have come because i got into a mindset that said i deserve Fill Mm -hmm. in the blank. If you think you deserve fill in the blank, you're going to go get it no matter what it costs you or anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to get outside of the blessing. Yeah. Outside of the favor and the protection. Absolutely. Absolutely. You You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, if you get caught up in entitlement, I deserve this, I deserve that, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're immediately moving outside Mm -hmm. of the realm of acting like Jesus because he just didn't act like that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I think culture makes it harder today, though. I do think that culture today teaches young people especially, you know, a, a job is a human right, a housing is a human right, health care mm-hmm. is a human right. You know, everything's a human right, you know. The ability to, you know, have whatever surgery you want to have, whether it's elective or not, is a human right. Mm-hmm. You know, well, no, these are not all human rights. Right. And if they are, then 90% of the planet is lacking those rights because mm-hmm. 90 90% of the planet doesn't even have access to health care the way we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean we we there are 350 million Americans. Mm-hmm. There's what? 7 billion humans? 8 8, no. eight billion yeah. humans on the planet. That's a lot. And w- most of them don't have the resource we have. Mm-hmm. And so what w- it's awfully haughty when people don't have the money to put up a structure to mm-hmm. cover them from the rain. Literally don't have the resource to build one. Yeah. 
it's awfully hardy for us to say, well, it's a human right for us to have a nice house. Yeah. Well, so many people, um, I mean, and I've been as, you know, as a kid, I've thought these ways, you know, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've adopted them as a kid and, and put them into practice, consumerism, pragmatism, right. all these different things. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful that the way of Jesus entered my life. I'm right. really grateful for what I've learned. I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate all this in culture mm -hmm. um, because it's just pervasive. It's everywhere. Everybody it thinks is. this way. It's always constantly a fight. But we, we want to challenge our people not to waste their life with thinking this way. Right. And uh, we're going to look at a person who really ends up not wasting their life, and that's the life of Peter. So mm -hmm. starting next week, starting next it's going to be great. We're going to yep. do Don't Waste Your Life, and we're going to look at the life of Peter for a couple months. So That'll be fun. Yeah, hope to see you there. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything you can do to help. Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.